Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number seven tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We're going to be going in-depth through every single game from Thursday Night Football all the way until Monday Night Football. I'll be telling you guys whether I think you should start or sit the tight ends in all of those matchups, but before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below, and while you're down, there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number seven, tight end, start or sit decisions. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New Orleans Saints. Now, right now, the health of Trevor Lawrence is pretty up in the air. Now, obviously, the injury doesn't appear to be catastrophic. It doesn't appear that Trevor Lawrence, if he was to miss this game, would be missing three, four, five weeks of the season. But since the game is on Thursday night, there is still a chance that Trevor Lawrence does end up missing. But what I will tell you is even with C.J. Beathard under center, I feel like Ingram will get enough targets to be just fine. He has had five straight weeks of over seven targets. He has also been one of the safest tight ends in fantasy football this season, pretty much being a top eight tight end in every single game, except for that game up against the Bills in London. Obviously, will Evan Ingram be hurt by the fact that Trevor Lawrence is not there 100%, but even if Beathard is under center, again, I think there will be enough targets for Evan Ingram to have a good enough game to, at the end of the day, be worthy of a start in terms of the New Orleans Saints. They've got Taysom Hill and Foster now, Taysom Hill had finally had that good game that we've been talking about all year long up against the Texans in Houston. Now that it has happened, though, it feels like we are weeks away from it potentially happening again. I don't think you can trust Taysom Hill one bit. Foster Moreau, I don't think Jawan Johnson will be back yet again. So that will lead to Foster Moreau being the quote-unquote tight end one on the team, even though we're going to see a bunch of Taysom Hill as well. Foster Moreau has, interestingly enough, been a top 18 tight end in back-to-back -back weeks, but if you follow his targets in those games, it's pretty clear that he is very unlikely to repeat that. The one game where he played pretty decently, he barely had any targets, and he fell ass backwards into the end zone. The other week, he had just four targets, so it really doesn't seem like Foster Moreau, despite his recent success, is a guy that you want to be putting into your lineup. Next up, we move to the Sunday slot the Las Vegas Raiders at the Chicago Bears. Now, Cole Komet definitely had a down game last week. Prior to that, he was a top nine tight end in back-to-back -back weeks. Without Justin Fields, the floor feels significantly low, 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 low. Apple bottom jeans, really low for Cole Komet. But... Like I have said all week, I feel as though Bagnett is going to feed this man the ball so much that up against a pretty meh Raiders defense, Komet will be fine. But obviously, it doesn't feel very comfortable throwing Cole Komet into your lineup like it did last week, knowing that Justin Fields is not going to be playing. For the Raiders, this is a situation where the quarterback is very much in the air. I don't think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, and I ultimately feel like they're going to lean with Aiden O'Connell as the starting quarterback, so it'll be rookie versus rookie at the quarterback position here in Las Vegas. Michael Mayer, or in Chicago, with Michael Mayer for the Raiders, tight end five last week, and you can argue that Mayer 
could start over some of the tight ends that I will talk about in this video. With all the uncertainty at the quarterback position, though, I ultimately feel as though you should bench him once Jimmy Goodapolo, Jimmy Pornstar, Jimmy G-Spot comes back, though, I think Mayer has the upside to be started weekly, especially since he has gotten a huge increase in snaps over the last couple of weeks compared to the start of the season. Because at the start of the season, he was legitimately nowhere to be found. Next up, we move to the Cleveland Browns at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Kylan Granson did have his first good game last week since week number two. Week one, week two, Kylan Granson was on fucking fire NBA Jam style. But after that, he was ice cold. But last week, he showed back up. But ultimately, I don't really want to start Gardner Minshew's tight end number one in a tough matchup up against the Cleveland Browns defense. And this man might not even play because he's in the concussion protocol. If he does not play, then we'll be seeing Ogletree or my main man, Mo Money, Mo Cox, Mo Alley Cox as the tight end one. So Kylan Granson or any of the Colts tight ends that end up potentially being the starter would be a sit for me up against this stout, maybe even the best defense in the NFL. David Njoku has been playing better over the last two weeks without... Deshaun Watson so that does earn him a start I think Watson will be back this week and that should help Ninjoku but the stats tell you that Ninjoku was actually better without Watson which puts my brain into a metal a, a metal a mental pretzel if he shits the bed here and then does it one more time he's a guy that's getting dropped like it's hot like a Snoop Dogg song so David Njoku's kind of on a fucking tightrope here, and he's about to fall into the Niagara Falls. You could definitely argue for starting Michael Mayer over David Njoku. Next up, we move to the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. Now, Henry came out of the gates just like Kylan Granson, scorching hot. But ever since week three, Hunter Henry has been ice cold like Kevin Hart in the ice tub that he does on that show if you've never seen it i think it's called like cold as balls or something right freezing freezing cold has been hunter henry recently this offense is just the definition of limp dick if you google limp dick and you scroll past all the other pictures you'll see a picture of mac jones sitting there looking all sad on the sidelines this patriots offense cannot get it up this patriots offense is going to struggle even with a bills defense that is severely injured dalton kincaid and Dawson Knox are both going to be sits for me. Now, one of these days, Dawson Knox one time, if you're with me, or Dalton Kincaid are going to go absolutely fucking ballistic in a game. And there's going to be people in the comment section, Nick, I told you so. Dalton Kincaid, I told you he was going to have a good game, Nick. I told you Dawson Knox was going to play good. But you will never actually know when to start him. Because the team uses both of them pretty much equally. And with how much they are just forcing the rock down Stefan Diggs' throat, there's not enough volume to go around here when you're using two tight ends. There just simply isn't. Gabe Davis has also been scoring a shit ton of touchdowns outside of last week against the Giants. So it really feels like Kincaid and Knox are iced out of production. Sometimes it takes a while for these rookies to start, you know, 
flaring up, having great games. So maybe that's the case with Kincaid, but right now he is best left on your bench. And ultimately, in most leagues, I think he should be on the waiver wire. Next up, we got the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders at the New York Football Giants going from an AFC East matchup to an NFC East matchup. Logan Thomas had his first real down game of the season last week up against the Hot Atlanta Falcons. Now, I'm not going to panic. That's not Mayday, Mayday, wee-woo, wee-woo, right? There's no need to panic. I feel like this commander's offense is going to look mighty fine this week against the Giants on Sunday. Now, when these two teams play, normally the game goes under, the game goes down like Junior Soprano, but ultimately here, I think that Logan Thomas is still going to be start-worthy. I think Sam Howell's going to play great. And again, with the numbers that Logan Thomas has put up this season, you can't just jump fucking ship, right, after one down game. Darren Waller had a decent showing last week up against the Buffalo Bills with five receptions on seven targets for 43 yards. Now, it seems like this offense is better off with Tyrod instead of Daniel Jones. But if we're being honest with you, do we really think that Tyrod's going to pick it up, right, and have two solid games in a row? I'm not sure. Besides Saquon, Waller is the only player that I remotely trust on this offense. I like Wandale Robinson, but he is so much at the mercy of Tarod Taylor that it really scares me. Like, if Tarod misses, it seems like Waller could just grab it anyways because he's that great of a tight end. Probably could have scored a touchdown last week if, you know, the refs would actually call fucking penalties in the end zone against the Bills, but they don't do that. We all know that. So Darren Waller should be fine. Obviously, pretty boomer bust weekly, but I think up against the Commander's D, he will get it done. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, crazy enough, I like both of the Atlanta Falcons tight ends, and we've been talking about this now for two weeks in a row. Kyle Pitts has been a top eight tight end in back-to-back Michael Jordan 96-97 weeks. While that does not necessarily make me feel super confident, and while I still feel a little bit queasy when I throw Kyle Pitts into my lineup and I am kind of worried about the matchup up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but and this is a big but shout out to Sir Mix-a-Lot when Kyle Pitts was down astronomical when he was down in the gutter I was still starting him because of how skilled he is so even though I'm not too sure if he'll be able to pick it up and I don't really trust Arthur Smith's dumbass, I still think that you got to be firing up Miss Yaw, Kyle Pitts. Janu Smith has been a top 12 tight end in three straight games. Call me crazy, but I honestly think Janu Smith at this point in the season feels safer than Kyle Pitts, even though Kyle Pitts is like this superhuman, this alien level tight end, right? Janu Smith isn't that. But Desmond Ritter, Arthur Smith, they they just love Janu Smith. So outside of week one, Janu Smith has been a top 18 tight end every single week. He has been very reliable, like wrapping a condom, a Trojan around your fantasy football squad. So if push came to shove, I had to start one. I'd definitely rather start Kyle Pitts because I think the upside's higher. But Janu definitely feels like the safer bet. For the Buccaneers, I say this every single fucking week about Cade Otten. If this man, you just picked him up Toy Story style, the claw, and transported him onto some other team without Evans, Godwin, Rashad with two A's white, right? Without a, a team that's kind of null with talent, 
then Kate Otten would probably be a must-start tight end weekly. But you never know which games the targets are coming because there's so much competition around them that you can't really start them. Next up, we move to a very interesting matchup, the Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens. The Lions are coming off of an absolute heater of a matchup where they shit-kicked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Ravens coming off of a W against the Titans, but it didn't really feel like they did it in dominant fashion. It kind of still feels like the Ravens offense is in a bit of a lull. With that said, though, Marky Mark Andrews has been a top 12 tight end in three straight games. And besides Zay Flowers, Andrews appears to be the only man on this team that can actually catch the goddamn pigskin. Sam Laporta played through a calf injury last week, and I definitely think that it did impact his play. He is still limited in practice today on Wednesday with that calf injury. Even though he is banged up, you still have to start him every week. This motherfucker, while banged up, had 11 targets against the Bucks last week. And even though he didn't do much with it, I still think you got to continue to ride the Sam Laporta Express. He has been uber safe all season long. And even though the Ravens defense obviously isn't some cupcake, soft serve, soft as baby shit matchup, I still think Sam Laporta, even banged up, needs to be in your lineup. But I think once he gets past this calf injury, he is going to be back in on the saddle like his name was Arthur Morgan as a top five tight end weekly. And we might still have to him that highly because he's that good, but I don't feel as confident this week, obviously, in saying that. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Los Angeles Rams. Now, these are two tight ends that are just holding on for dear life. Like when in 22 Jump Street, when we saw Jonah Hill, as well as the other guy, Magic Mike, whose name is escaping me, got so many chains, they call me Channing Tatum. They do, they do. Shout out Drake. Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, they're hanging on to the helicopter in Mexico. And, you know, we saw what happens that... He falls, and then Jonah Smith has to catch him. Channing Tatum's, like, hanging on. He has to grab Jonah Hill's nuts to grab the grenade out there to blow up the bad guys, right? And they're hanging on for dear life, right? That's what Fryermuth and Higby have. That would have been... That would have made so much more sense if I remembered what Channing Tatum's name was instantly. And I know the comments are going to be like, Nick, how do you know that Channing Tatum's Magic Mike... Because I watch it every night before I go to sleep, baby. So uh, Matt, Fr- Matt Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth got me all disheveled thinking about Channing Tatum and Magic Mike. Uh, hopefully uh, anyone listening on podcast, I just winked like a million times because it's a joke. I only watch it once a week. So Pat Fryermuth is looking to return coming out of the bye week after suffering a hamstring injury. This whole Steelers offense is looking rough. It is a rough squad. And they're tough to read weekly, in my opinion. He is very much on the fringe, like I've been saying, of being start-worthy. I am hoping that this offense gets kind of jump-started coming out the week. The bye week, they could be more reliable. But with Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator, that hope is most likely not coming to fruition. Tyler Higby has been on a downward spiral straight through the depths of the earth. And that's because... Cup is back. If he shits the bed again, I think we're going to have to start looking elsewhere at the tight end position. I think Cup being there 
adds to the touchdown upside of Higby, but it so much takes away from the targets. But knowing that the running backs are all banged up, right, that they're going to just be rolling out XFL legends out there, you would have to think that maybe that helps out Higby just a little bit, just a little bit. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. But before we break down this game at the tight end position, as well as the final last couple of games here till we get to Monday Night Football, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today. But first, I want to explain how Underdog dogs pick them work so you're going to need to select at least two players from two different teams so we're going to start with thursday night football jags at saints we're going to go with travis Etienne higher than 65 and a half rushing yards travis Etienne has been on fire now there aren't a lot of choices out just yet because i'm recording this on monday night after the cowboys chargers game there will be more offerings as the week goes on and we're going to match that with our other pick here of jared goff higher than 241 and a half passing yards on sunday up against the ravens defense if both of these hit it will pay out three times your entry fee if you do three different picks it's six times your entry fee four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times obviously all of your picks need to hit for it to pay out if you are new to underdog fantasy and live in one of these states listed on your screen right now use promo code notorious or click on the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 if you deposit 100 they give you additional 150 additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10 and if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, we got the Cardinals at the Seahawks. So the Seahawks are a classic team that doesn't use running back by committee because it's Kenneth Walker season, Sir Kenneth Walker III. They use tight end by committee, baby. Three tight ends. They use Fant, Parkinson, and Will Disley. So while Fant is the best out of the three, and while Fant has shown us some flashes at the NFL level, you can't trust him when you use three tight ends. So that, that's just pretty simple. Zach Ertz has had two down games in a row, as it appears that we are going to be seeing more Trey McBride, which actually makes a lot of sense. But does suck for Zach Ertz, obviously, with where they drafted McBride last year and how highly a lot of people are getting down on their knees, given the gawk gawk 9,000 special to McBride. It's good to see that he's playing well. But again, it does suck if you have Zach Ertz. This leads to Ertz being kind of ranked in that gross zone of tight ends 13 through 18. He's in the range of guys like Higby, guys like... Friar Muth, right? Ninjoku, who it's just like, ah, do I really want to start him? But I definitely feel a little bit more confident in Ertz than those other guys. Next up, we move to the Green Bay Packers, the Cheeseheads, at the Denver Broncos in Mile High. Greg Dolchich appears to be getting placed on the IR again, which will lead to Troutman being the tight end number one. With that said, he doesn't get enough receiving work to be worthy of a start. Crazy enough. Greg Dolchich is hurt off the rip of the season. He comes back, and it's like that Simpsons meme where I don't know too much about the Simpsons, the grandfather, whatever the hell his name is. Like, he takes his, his hat off, puts it on, like, the coat rack, puts his coat down at, in the bar, and then walks right back out, right? Like, he walks in, puts it down, puts it back on, and leaves. That's what Greg Dolchich did. He was there, he was in, he was out very quickly, and he's back out again. It is uh, kind of sad to see, but again, Adam Troutman, the fish man, is not worthy of a start. Luke Musgrave is a nerd's wet dream, right? An analytical wet dream with a 72.7% route rate, 
He has a 17.6% target share and 1.56 yards per route run. Now we just have to wait for those analytics, the spreadsheets, to play out on the NFL. Nick, the spreadsheet, th- 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 this is why w- why we don't look at stats too much because, because analytics don't necessarily mean that a player is going to perform in a big way. I agree with that, right? We need those percentage points. We need what he's been doing on the spreadsheets, a freak in the spreadsheets, to actually start working for his game. Now, he hasn't been shit this season. He's been solid, but I think this is the game where he might Hulk smash here up against a putrid Broncos D. That Broncos D has some schmegma. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs to close out the Sunday slate before we get to Sunday Night Football. Gerald Everett and Travis Kelsey. Now, Travis Kelsey, we all know that we got to start him every single week. Mr. Swift has been a top eight tight end every single week of the season. We don't have to talk about him. We don't have to suck him dry because we all know how great Travis Kelsey is. Gerald Everett is pretty much a spot start every single week. Without Mike Williams, I'm willing to take a shot on him now. Early on the season, it was kind of like, eh, do you really want to start Everett with all of those weapons around him? But we We all know deep down that Donald Parham is probably going to be the guy that ends up scoring a touchdown and ruining it all. Next up, we got my Dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles, the matchup of the week, the game of the week, the main event of the evening, the almost undefeated Philadelphia Eagles going up against the almost undefeated Miami Dolphins in what should be the game of the week. I wish I could sound like the guy that does the boxing announcer buffer, but I can't. The only voice impression I can do is, My name is Borat. Wow, wow, wow. I like my wife. And it's not even that good anymore. I think my voice has changed over the last couple of years. Like two years ago, I basically sounded just like fucking Borat, right? But but now I don't do it as well. Nick, you suck. I know. I know. I know. Uh, Durham Smythe, back-to-back weeks with one or fewer targets for the Dolphins. He does a solid job blocking, but we're playing in fantasy football. These are not point-per-block leagues. In that case, Durham Smythe would be pretty good. Dallas Goddard has had back-to-back weeks with eight or more targets. The Dolphins' defense is pretty bad against the tight end. Even with Goddard being pretty up and down all season, it's not like you're going to sit the starting tight end who actually catches passes on one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. I get they shit the bet against the Jets, but even then, Goddard looked fine. Final game here, Monday Night Football, 49ers at the cold like Minnesota Vikings. George Kittle, we talk about this every single week, so I might sound like a broken record at this point, but Kittle is the most boom or bust tight end in the NFL. His bad game is really bad. It sinks your team's metaphorical battleship, right? He might get as few as two or three points. But when he hits... It's out of the park. It's into the Coke sign at Giant Stadium, baby. And we're talking about the San Francisco Giant Stadium. If you know, you know, if you played Biggs, the video game where you could hit the ball at that shit and it would explode. It was awesome. If you know, you know. So, yeah, those games are huge, right? 20 plus points. Now, you have to start him every week because of that upside, right? He might be a guy that bends your team over the table without the use of lube a lot of weeks, but there's going to be games where he goes crazy, and he is single-handedly the reason why you win, so you got to start him. TJ Hawkinson still looked good last week despite the woes of the Vikings offense in Chicago. 
I get this matchup is definitely tough against the 49ers, but even if Hawkinson has a semi-down game, it would be hard to believe that his game was so down bad that he ended up fucking your team over so much that that he just ruins your week, right? He's the reason why you lost. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below, as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you have any additional questions and you want a guaranteed answer, now you can ask ask your questions in the comments. If you want a guaranteed answer, make sure you guys check out the Patreon for $7.50. Link in the video description. I also post my weekly rankings on there. Check out one of the videos on your screen right now. Have a great day. And as always, good.